0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final show of the weekend. Uh, woof. That game last night against the Utah Jazz, a 129-118 loss for New Orleans. You know, uh, we're going to take today's show in a different route. We were going to do the normal recap, break down what happened, all of that. And then Pelican's Twitter started to melt down a little bit last night. And if when you lose, I think it's seven out of eight now. I'm not even looking up the numbers because it's so unnecessary to bring that stuff up in terms of the larger conversation we're going to have. It makes sense. People are really frustrated, and it was kind of summed up in a question to me on Twitter that we're going to use kind of as the basis for some of the discussion in today's show, and I want to give you my opinion on kind of what's going on here in the direction that this Pelicans team is moving in, and we'll get into all that. I also want to get into, if we have time, I, I don't have a full-on roadmap like I normally do of what segment one's going to be, what segment 2 is going to be, what segment 3 is going to be, so I can't lay it all out for you here like we do in in normal episodes. We're going to kind of see where this discussion goes as my thoughts kind of come to me as it's like 1 in the morning when I'm recording this too. So we're we're going to answer that question and... You know, the the question is really what happened and I'll read it to you in a second here and then we'll dive into everything with that and maybe touch on a little bit of Brandon Ingram and the three-point shooting and spacing because I do think that's an important discussion to have as well. So, uh, you know, this is a big one. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So I'm going to start it off with this and I've been just like kind of sitting at the mic trying to figure out exactly how to frame some of what I want to talk about and and like where to even go after a loss like that and kind of what happens to the fan base, you know, it can be, you hear me, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I don't have the right direction on this and I should probably be doing, you know, stopping this and doing another take, but I'm not going to because, you know, as we try and analyze this team, sometimes there really aren't. Easy answers and there aren't in this, and that is actually where I do want to start. Talking about this team it right now is complicated. And Twitter is not the best medium for that. And look, that's where most of the discussion and discourse and NBA Twitter and Pelicans Twitter is, and that's where things get done, right? That's where you you talk about it, it's where you find out things. You see stats on there, you see highlights on it. But there's so many nuances to things and so many. Different variables and factors that 240 is that what it's at now? Characters really isn't a good way to sum it up. And I tweeted this out last night. And one of the things is, I, I always hate seeing when people try and boil things down to to one or the other. You remember it was a week ago. Is it the offense or the defense that are issues for the team, right? Which one's the bigger problem? Which one's the reason the Pelicans are losing? That was like the question on Twitter when it came to Pelicans fans and all of the accounts that follow me and all of your friends on there and all the accounts you follow, right? Which one's the bigger problem? Everyone wants to take this blame pie and try and assign the entirety of the pie to one thing, when frankly, you got to chop that up. And it's a number of different things, but Twitter doesn't really allow for that. But the good thing is the podcast does. So when I look at this team, it's not offense or defense, and that's the reason why the Pelicans are losing. Frankly, it can be both the offense and the defense why the Pelicans are losing. You probably do lose 8 of 9 or 7 of 8, whatever it is now, if, you know, you have things wrong on both sides or if both parts of it are broken. And it's not, you know, you'd win more games and you can fix things quicker if it was just one single thing. It's not. There's a lot going on with this team right now. And it'll come into Steven Adams when we talk about him, whether that's in today's show or Monday, where he can be both good on the team and helping them, but also hurting the spacing and limiting them too, both things can be true and people need to understand that it, it there's, there's no quick fix for this. It can be roster construction. It can be coaching. It can also be players just not playing nearly as well. It can be players sh- in bad shooting slumps, but it can also be spacing. It can be so many different things that, Trying to look at one and not focusing on all the others, even if one of them is small, is kind of a dumb thing. I had someone the other day on Twitter, being when I, when I was talking about Zion's defense, be like, that's not even remotely part of the problems for this team. No, it is. It might not be the number one thing, but we shouldn't only just focus on the number one thing thing. You're going to miss all of those other issues. You're going to think they're not real big problems and then when that number 1 thing doesn't fix the team and they still lose, which this team is doing right now, people scream about it. So we're going to have the discussion about everything and that's really really important when looking at a team that is struggling like the Pelicans are right now. So I want to put that out there first and foremost. If you come at me and say, "Oh, it's this. You're wrong." You might actually be correct about what you're saying, but if you're refusing to see the other problems and don't think those are worth discussing about the team and looking at even if you think they're small, it's a lot of things that add up to one big mess, which is what the Pelicans are right now. I'm a big believer in in my day job and other things of the power of the collective. That's kind of what's happening here. It's a lot of things that are adding up to one big thing. Usually in like fundraising, that's great. Lots of little gifts equal, well, you know, a total amount of money, that's a large amount. When you're looking at a basketball team and its problems, that ain't good here. And that's kind of what we're dealing with in New Orleans right now. So I want to start off today's show mentioning that because I think that's important for when we talk about other things. So with that said, Let's dive into some of the big issues and kind of get into some of the discussion of what happened to this team and where they kind of go from here. And we'll do that in the next segment. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Did you bet Zion the over of 26 points? Because he scored 27 in that game against the Jazz last night, and you would have won some money. And you know what? Those odds are always available along with like any other prop bet you could imagine over at BetOnline.ag. You're already watching these games. Make them a little bit more interesting. I know you, dear Locked on Pelicans listener. You're actually pretty damn smart when it comes to basketball from my interactions with you guys on Twitter. Twitter, and when I see people out and DMs and all of that stuff. You guys know your stuff. You all know sports really, really well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and make some money off of it. And if you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Free money already for you. It's like you already won a bet and all you did was sign up. So get in on the action. Don't forget, use that promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports uh, news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So look, the Pelicans aren't good right now. A team with Brandon Ingram, who at one point was looking like it could be an all-NBA level player. Zion's supposed to take a leap. Um, this is not great right now. The losing streak they had and kind of now another losing streak going on um, that they just really started. And back-to-back really rough games against the Utah Jazz. You know, if you're a fan, this might leave you wondering, like, what what's going on, right? So this question... Comes from Jason Stone Nola at Jason Stone Nola on Twitter, and uh, I'm trying. Let me try and paraphrase this. You know, with all the question is with all the assets the team got in the Lakers deal plus Zion, this team has somehow managed to get worse. And how is that even possible? The front office was supposed to make this team better. Stan Van Gundy was supposed to make this team better, and then he sums it up with, "What happened?" So the question I think is is good, and the question is, what happened? It, it's not what we want to be answering this early on in the season, but it's probably something that needs to be asked. So the simple answer is, as we kind of just talked about in the first segment, a lot, a, a lot is going on right now. Some of it is guys are in slumps, and they're not shooting well. Some of it is spacing issues. Some of it is defensive woes. Some of it is offensive stuff too. There's a lot going on, but I think this is one of those things where expectations and perceptions were skewed. You know, you can look at this season so far and actually think it's a success from a certain, you know, to quote Obi-Wan here, from a certain point of view. This all kind of depends on where your expectations were going into the season. If you thought they could fight for home court, you're going to be massively disappointed right now. If you thought they were going to be fighting for the 10th seed, you're probably still disappointed but probably not as much and you're looking for other things that are going on here. So uh, keep that in mind that based on what your expectations were, and you're the only person that can truly set those, you can listen to other people and agree with them and go, I'll, 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 I'll believe that. And that's my expectation, but you're the one making that choice, right? This comes down to you to some degree. It, it depends on what your expectations were on what's going on this season and just how much of a dumpster fire is this? Is it five alarm fire, three alarm fire, one alarm fire? Certainly there's a fire going on though. So when I, when I look at, this season, you know, they traded away Drew Holiday. That should make you worse, right? Eric Bledsoe, even at 80-85% of Drew, is going to still make this team worse. You added Steven Adams in, though, that so should upgrade them to some degree, right? But Steven Adams, I think, despite him being a good player and adding a lot, does create some spacing issues, particularly for Brandon Ingram. And again, we may have time to get to that in the third segment. I'm not sure here. I've been going a little bit long. So maybe that is something we will be talking about on Monday because I do really want to do a bit of a deep dive on some of the spacing issues with this team. Because you know what? They do exist, but I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, it's because it's Steven Adams. There's a number of reasons why there's spacing issues here. So this team, in theory, kind of got worse, but then got better, so it kind of levels out. I think what, what's disappointing most people here and why the question of what happened and why people maybe had higher expectations for this team than they should have is usually when you have a young team, and this Pelicans team last year was really young, right? There's a natural progression, They should be getting a little bit better every season. They make the playoffs. They become consistent playoff contenders. And hopefully, as time goes on, they grow into being title contenders. It's that kind of natural upward trajectory that good players should be on and good young teams should be on. You kind of saw it to a degree with the Oklahoma City Thunder before the James Harden trade and some of that stuff, and the guy kind of got blown up. They were good. They improved every single year, got into the playoffs, got into the playoffs, then made the NBA Finals, and then kind of blew up the team. But that's kind of the trajectory, right, that you would assume a young team should be on. Same with the Golden State Warriors. You know, they had uh, some injury issues, but then eventually got into the playoffs, lost in the playoffs. And they brought in Steve Kerr and became title contenders right around the time that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were all peaking. But it took them a couple of seasons to get to that point. They weren't instant title contenders because they did with guys they drafted and not building the team through free agency. So you should kind of see that, right? Like this is the year that the team should be better than last season because it's a young group. They've had more time together. They've just grown a little bit, had more time to improve on things individually. So this team should be somewhat better, but they're not. And that's, I think, what's getting to people a lot that, yeah, you know what? They should have been better. This team, when you really look at them, About the same as last year. The offense, you know, a little bit worse than last season. Defense a little bit better than last season, but not by a ton. When you look at it like that, they're kind of similar to last year. So I don't actually know if this team has taken a step back. But certainly you're not seeing some of the growth that you would have liked. I think the stagnation of Brandon Ingram's game the past six, seven, eight games right now is due to some of those spacing issues. And they were pretty much on display in this game. You know, Zion certainly over the past three games looks like he's taking a leap. Basically, he's averaging over 30 on these on on insane shooting percentages. And he's doing it against Rudy Gobert, who is one of the better defenders in the league. No one shoots well against Rudy Gobert except for Zion Williamson. So he is taking a leap, though not on the defensive side of the ball, but we've talked about that. And I do think you've actually seen some improvement, some improvement from a guy like Jackson Hayes. I was brutally critical of him early to start the year, but he's actually given you some quality minutes, not ton, but some He looks better than he did at the beginning of this season. He looks better than he did last season. You know, that's part of that natural trajectory and players improving. They're just not doing it to the point where they're going to impact winning, nor should they be, to be perfectly honest. Same for Nikhil. 37 points against the Clippers is a big deal. Now, he hasn't kept up that same level of play, but he's also not being given that same role. But I think you can look at him right now and go, you know, there's some improvement there. It's what you want, right? Now, it's counterbalanced by regression from some guys. J.J. Redick has not been good this year. I don't think he's washed, but he looks washed. He's playing like he's washed right now. I don't think this is the norm from him. You're not getting anything really out of Eric Bledsoe. That's not helping you. You're seeing playoff Eric Bledsoe and not regular season Eric Bledsoe, but he's been kind of atrocious this year. And then Lonzo Ball just hasn't shown that improvement. He is maybe the one player we've seen the most that you can probably say has Regressed. I do trust Eric Bledsoe a little bit to kind of figure this out. Same for J.J. Redick. But Lonzo Ball is not taking the step forward like we'd have liked or have hoped, particularly with the three-point shooting. That's kind of held this team back some. So while you're getting some improvement from some of these guys, from some of these other guys, you're not. I'd say Josh Hart's about the same as last year. Maybe a little bit worse. Maybe a little bit worse, but not a ton. You know, it, it, you're not seeing the, the massive leaps of growth that you would have hoped for, but I do think it's moving. But all of that, when you're playing, and combine it with the road trip they're on, right? They're playing good teams. Lakers, Clippers, Jazz. Those are probably f- three of the f- six best teams in the NBA right now. It doesn't exactly make things easy for them, right? Like that, You're not going to play well against those teams necessarily, and they didn't. So some of this is to be expected too. So when you look at it like that, I don't think it's the five alarm fire that 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 twitter's making it out to be not that twitter would necessarily be reasonable but i think it's worth kind of keeping some of that perspective in mind so we'll get into a couple more things with the team in the next segment here but i hope that maybe makes you feel a little bit better and look you know i think you've all listened to me if you've been listening for a long time or if you've been a, a new listener recently i hope you think i do try and strike the right kind of balance with this team there's some uh, pelicans media that's very homerish to the point that I don't like it and I wouldn't trust their analysis and I don't trust their analysis because they're so homers for the team. I try and, and then you have like the traditional media, right? That is so unbelievably objective on things and that's their job too. And look, the people who are so homerish, that's their job too and that's what their higher ups want. I try and strike the right balance on this. So at the same point, you know, I I try and give you the passion of a fan, but also the objective look on things that need to be. And I'm not saying that I'm not a fan and I I only look at things objectively. I try and strike the right balance on on it. So I'm not here to just kind of promote the team. The team doesn't pay me to do this podcast, right? Teams paid me for other things though. That's kind of cool. Um, But they don't pay me to do this podcast. So I always try and shoot you straight with my thoughts on it. And that's what I'm trying to do now. So I'm looking at this kind of with rosy glasses on certain things because my expectations were lower, and that's the perspective that I'm trying to give you here. I think that's worth keeping in mind. So we'll touch on some other things that's kind of holding this team back a little bit too. And then we'll we'll, we'll head into the weekend and try and put this all behind us. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week Noah Koslow and Adam Stanko get personal interviewing players, coaches, and media members all the people who make the NBA happen subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcast. Seriously, you're not going to get better behind the scenes stories. I've told you one or two of like Pelican stuff on here, but if you want ones from some of the greats Michael Jordan and other players like that Kobe stories from the people who are around those guys, it's a really cool look at kind of what makes the NBA tick and is so interesting. So subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. So I hope that last segment kind of answered a little bit of the the what happened. There is some good there, but it is counteracted by other bad things, which just means this isn't the roster that you can have going forward. We've seen that. This isn't a roster that's gonna be a title contender. It it needs a lot of work and it needs more time. It should be more competitive in this and look if or then this sorry not in this if if JJ Reddick's normal JJ Reddick if Lonzo Ball is eighty five percent even one hundred percent of the player he was last year and he, he's not right now sorry Lonzo fans this team would be significantly better and again they just went through their toughest stretch of schedule this season the rest of the way at least for the first you know thirty six games that we've seen they have the ninth easiest schedule things should hopefully get a little bit better. Then, if they don't, by the time we hit the midway point of the season, then it's like, okay, we got to have serious discussions on what the hell Stan Van Gundy is doing, what the hell does David Griffin try and figure this out. But, you know, again, context is key for everything. College was taught to always historicize, and that's kind of what we're doing here. It's context around everything. But certainly there have been some issues, and it's probably at the point where it does warrant some kind of drastic changes I think and you, you saw some changes in in this game again I don't want to recap this you guys watched it and if you didn't like you don't need to know about this there were some good things in there you know but mostly bad like we you know they had a 16-point lead which is kind of wild to think about but they mixed up the rotation a little bit you saw Zion come out of the game uh, as the first sub and then Josh Hart really kind of be the first sub in to replace him, which moved Brandon Ingram to the four. So they kind of went with a, a different kind of big-ish lineup, I guess, and, and tried to mix it up that way. I kind of like that. At least you did something different and weren't repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. In the first quarter, when this team was looking really good, you know, stretching into the second, you saw them getting stops and running and playing much faster. We knew that this team was probably going to struggle in the half court. That was a big discussion we had, right? And that's why Stan Bingundy didn't come in and be like, I want to play slow. Instead, I want to push the pace. They were able to push the pace because they were getting stops. And when they weren't getting stops, you saw this team trying to at least still create some early offense when the defense wasn't 100% set or didn't have everyone matched up on where they should be or if they saw a moment of confusion, really tried to push it to score some easy points. It's all good stuff against... A team not as good as the Jazz. And look, the Jazz are really good right now. I think they're on a seven or eight game winning seven game winning streak. Yeah, like that's that's a good basketball team. You're gonna have trouble beating them when you're not on that level. And when you have some guys regressing, and then the guys who are taking a step forward, other than Zion, aren't being nearly as impactful and don't have those impactful roles as you want. So all that's to say is Give it a little bit more time before there's the full-on mutiny. If you want to stop watching the team, stop watching the team. It's okay. They'll still be playing basketball when you decide you want to start watching them again. If you decide you want to start watching them again. Probably not what the Pelicans want. And hey, pals, I know some of you listen. Uh, I'm happy to consult on some of this stuff again, Um, and we can talk more about it. But I think that's kind of the way to look at it right now and also keep yourself a little bit sane when it comes to trying to follow this team. There is good. Look for the good, right? And they are doing some of that right now. It's not easy at times, though, but... Maybe adjust your expectations a little bit. And look, I do think David Griffin was trying to do some of this. He talked a lot about long-term sustainable winner in a small market. And you've heard me say this. Small markets play by different rules than big markets. L.A. won the title last year, kicked off and, and turned over half of their roster and built a better one. Small markets don't get to do that. It's unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate. You know, it's not that easy um, to win when you're a small market, so he needs to take a very long-term approach to it. You you can debate the value of the Lakers' picks or the Bucks' picks, but still, it's more picks than you had. I don't know if you were going to get good picks anyway, depending on where you trade Anthony Davis to or trade Drew Holiday to, because you weren't going to trade him to crappy teams because crappy teams weren't ready to compete and weren't going to go for those guys. So... Because of that, you know, they probably still got the best deals that they could get for both of them. But if they really wanted to be competitive this year, you don't trade for Drew Holiday. You don't trade Drew Holiday, right? That's not what this team was trying to do. They shifted from um, beating people's asses was the quote from now two years ago to long term sustainable winner. Yeah, there's a, there's been a shift there. David Griffin did himself no favors last season with some of the expectations he put on the team. Andrew Holiday, I think he learned that lesson. You you can argue the won't bow down thing, and that they are bowing down, and that maybe is, is, is they need to think a little bit about some of the marketing around this. But but still, you know, I, I think that um, you know you've got to try and adjust your expectations, which is not an easy thing to do, but. You know, It's funny, I was having this discussion outside of the basketball realm of sometimes you have to think 5, 10, 15, even 20 years down the line when you're projecting certain things out. We're not projecting 20 years down the line here, but we're projecting far, far past this season when looking at this Pelicans team right now. So if you're looking for the positives, that stuff hasn't changed a whole lot and Zion still looks very very good and if the spacing does get figured out some and life gets made a little bit easier for Brandon Ingram he's going to go back to looking very very good. We're going to end it there because that's going to be the tease. We will talk about that on Monday. There's a game on Saturday against the Timberwolves. They have a game Monday night. We will be talking some spacing, is it shooting? Is it Adams? Is it a number of things? Or, like I've been saying, combination of all of it? We'll get into that next week and we'll really start to kind of diagnose and explain what's going on with this Pelicans team uh, to try and figure out where they need to go or where they really need to try and make some mid-season changes to, whether that's on the trade market or with their rotations and roster. There's ways to go about it. We'll talk about that on Monday. So enjoy the weekend. Downer of a podcast, I'm sure. I'm sorry about that. Sometimes it's just how it's going to go. But as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and we'll be back with you all on Monday.